Hi, my name is Danielle and you're listening to Crime and Mystery Canada. On this podcast, we discuss subjects that might be creepy to some and sometimes even frightening. Some of our episodes will deal with serious subject matter, while others will be more lighthearted. Please keep in mind that I am not an expert on any of the topics I cover, just an interested party, and as always, listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone! Before we start today's episode, I'd like to wish everyone a happy Pride Month. I know gatherings for celebrations have been cancelled in most places, but there are still some virtual celebrations happening, so I hope it can bring people together and that next year celebrations can keep going on as planned. Today we're traveling to PEI, to a town called Bangor, there is a Bangor in PEI, to discuss the case of a woman who went missing many years ago. Cheryl Doherty last talked to her sister, Teresa Ann Gregory, on June 20th, 1982. The next day, her sister went missing and hasn't been heard from since. A lot of people believe that Anne's husband had something to do with her disappearance. However, for many years, the authorities thought she was missing of her own accord. It's hard to believe that someone could go missing for almost 38 years without a word to their family or without reaching out to their children. Anne was, like many parents, very devoted to her two kids. What happened to Anne Gregory on that June day so many years ago? Hi everyone, I'm Danielle. And I'm Corey. And you're listening to Crime and Mystery Canada. Teresa Ann Gregory was a kind woman, liked by many around her. She was described as being close to her mother and devoted to her children. She loved to garden and play guitar, and also was described as having a beautiful singing voice. Anne was married to Kenny Gregory, and together they had two children, Patricia and Donnie. By all descriptions, Anne did not have an easy marriage. According to a Fifth Estate episode that aired back in 1992, Kenny was violent towards his wife. He was a heavy drinker, and he would often beat her. He once cracked a bottle of ketchup across her head. Now, if you're not old enough to remember ketchup bottles from 1982, Used they to were... come in glass. Yeah, and they were nothing if not solid. We're talking about really a really thick glass bottle. Thick glass bottle with corners. It wouldn't have a... It would take a fair bit to break to a bottle. To actually break one of those bottles. Yeah. This fractured her skull. And from this injury, she actually began having seizures and needed to take medication daily to control them. Wow. It was intense. According to family and friends, the police had been called to the Gregory house about domestic incidents close to a dozen times. Now, at the time, the police didn't really interfere in domestic affairs unless they felt there was a very serious threat. Now, writing this sentence feels wrong for many reasons. I believe violence is always a sign of a serious threat. And also, question mark, did this change? Well, at what point did the bottle of Heinz happen? Early on? Later on? Like, what? I'm not sure. They don't really give a timeline. Like, I didn't even find out how old she was when she went missing. But or was it even reported? Did she just show up and then the information came out later? I don't. I don't know if the bottle of the bottle of ketchup um, to the skull was reported, but they were called for domestic disputes. Mm. 
I know it's it, it can be a tricky situation for police to deal with, but... Well, not being a police officer, I just, I can't help but think that obviously you have a person who's not willing to press charges, either out of fear or some kind of attachment to the abuser, but at the same time... It becomes very tricky because if they do, and it's still on the spouse's shoulders that this was actually reported... Well, plus two... There might be retribution, right? The evidence or the the suspect, I guess, is probably not going to speak out against their her husband. Not if they're scared of them. Yeah. And often in those domestic situations, there's still love for the person. So sometimes, despite being in a violent situation, it's really tricky to actually press charges on someone that you do truly love, even if they are being violent or you are you are scared. Yeah. As the violence became more and more frequent, Anne would actually sometimes leave Kenny and she'd take the kids with her. They would usually head to Charlottetown for a while, but every time she would return to him. According to the Fifth Estate episode, Anne had begun confiding in a family friend named Jimmy about the troubles she was having at home. That relationship with Jimmy eventually became more serious and they developed an intimate relationship. Her daughter Patricia, who was a teenager at the time of her mother's disappearance, says that she knew that Jimmy and her mother were in a relationship and tried to do what she could to make sure her father wouldn't find out. But he eventually did, and as imagined, it didn't go very well. Patricia had been staying with her grandmother on the day her mother went missing. Her brother was in school. Patricia says that her father called her several times that day looking for her mother, but Patricia didn't know where she was. Friends and family members knew she would sometimes leave Kenny, but this would have been the first time that she didn't take the kids with her. Jimmy became concerned after he hadn't seen her for a few days, and he went over to the Gregory house. He says that he found Kenny there, drunk. He actually found Anne's unemployment check and her epilepsy medication on top of the refrigerator. It was really concerning to him that she had left without the money or her medication, and she needed that medication every day. Yeah, that doesn't seem like she left on her own accord. No, I I think often that's one of the things you hear cited, like women didn't leave with their purse or with their wallet, and like those personal effects that you would take with you, right? It's strange when they're left behind. It, It seems like you either left thinking you were coming back shortly yeah or you didn't leave willingly yeah i mean if he's there drunk and she's gone and nowhere's to be found yeah it's definitely something up there it doesn't look good no Anne was eventually reported as a missing person who reported her i think it was her husband but don't quote me on that i think it may have been him the police did question some people about her whereabouts but did not seem particularly concerned despite the odd circumstances surrounding her sudden disappearance or the history of domestic violence. And that's what kind of strikes me as odd is that the police, like there's a history of domestic violence. He's known to be violent when he's drinking. She goes missing and it's not her usual pattern of leaving, but still being in touch with everyone that she knows and having her kids with her. Yeah, I mean, if I would think if you're her in that situation and your kids are aware that you're in an abusive relationship and if she leaves, 
it's possible that kids could be the next victim as like an outlet for his issues. So I would think that she would probably still want to protect her kids because when she left before, she took her kids with her. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine her process would change. Like, And yes, she was having an affair. And I know sometimes people, you know, run off with their lover, but he wasn't missing. He didn't know where she was. He had no idea. And if she'd run off with him, she would probably need extra money and she would also need her medica- her medication. Yeah, and she never told him she was leaving. So all of this just again, it seems odd that the police just sort of shrugged and said she's a missing person. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There is information that'll come out that kind of explains why they think that. In fact, the police actually treated this as a missing person case up until the time that the Fifth Estate became involved, which was in 1982, so 10 years after her disappearance. So once it got national coverage, they decided to change their approach? Well, the Fifth Estate actually uncovered some pretty big clues while they investigated, which would, well, I think first of all, it garnered national attention, and second of all, they uncovered these clues that made the police sort of second guess what they thought is it a question i'm not uh, i don't want to do it when it's uh, not warranted but like is it a case of like they've been exposed as not doing a good job and now they're suddenly interested or is it the fifth estate actually uncovered some information that the police didn't consider the fifth estate uncovered a lie and the reason the police believed that she was missing was mainly based on this lie okay so it's not necessarily their fault in the sense that they were told one thing that made them believe everything else. But turns out, I feel like if they dug a little deeper, they may have um, gotten through to, to the heart of it. But we'll, we'll just move on and I'll let you know what that information actually is. The Fifth Estate had begun prepping for an on-camera interview with Kenny, Anne's husband, conducting a preliminary telephone interview with him. During this interview, Kenny actually denied any wrongdoing in the case, and he also denied the domestic abuse. Now, this abuse doesn't seem to have been on record. Okay. So it wasn't in a police file or anything, but there are many family members and friends that did corroborate the fact that there was and that the police had been called. So I don't know, maybe the information wasn't kept more than X amount of years. Maybe it was just not added to her missing person file. I don't know exactly why it wasn't there, but there wasn't any information about that on record. Hmm. All right. Could the friends be wrong, possibly? You know, maybe about they the did. police coming Yeah, over? maybe they didn't witness it. Maybe she just had told them. Like, if she stayed with him for a while, maybe she could be lying to her friends and had said, like, you know, no, I, we called the police. Or like I called her the friends police. are saying you should do something, and she said, oh, but I called the police yeah. and they did something. Maybe, but... I, Sorry, that's not really the impression that I get. I think it's more that maybe it wasn't necessarily a habit back in the day to actually make a a report of what had happened. I don't know if they just intervened and told people to like separate for the day and then get like more than that. After going out a few times, I'm sure they're maybe getting a little complacent. During the phone interview, Kenny had been drinking and he does say so. The person interviewing him asks him if he can call him again a little while later, like another day. And they do set up a time. Kenny doesn't answer the phone at that time. They can't get in touch with him again. Shortly after, he had checked into rehab, but checked himself out like pretty much immediately. Hmm. And he 
then went on to drive down a dirt road. He he committed suicide um, through carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. He died before the Fifth Estate show did come out. Now we're going to get a little bit into why the police thought that um, thought that Anne was a missing person. According to the police, Kenny had an alibi for the day his wife went missing. So as I mentioned earlier, they lived in Bangor, PI, and Kenny said that on that day he'd been driving to Charlottetown to pay his union dues. So he'd spent most of the day driving in Charlottetown, so he wasn't even around that day. When the Fifth Estate uh, journalists questioned the police on whether or not they followed up on this, their answer was, yes, if we were given information like that, we don't believe it at face value, we would, fo- we would have followed up on it. The police, as normally they do, wouldn't necessarily answer questions directly. They sort of, because it was an ongoing inv- investigation, there's a lot they wouldn't answer. But they did say that. But the Fifth Estate did a little bit of digging and discovered that Kenny's dues were not paid in June, they were in fact paid about two months after the fact on that year. Hmm. The union, I don't know if it's a union rep, but they did talk to the person sort of in charge of all of that. And he states that doesn't remember Kenny coming in that day. I mean, memory long time after, right? 10 years later, it might not actually be accurate, but he also doesn't remember being questioned by the police, which I feel like (laughs) would be something that would stay with you. Yeah. So the Fifth Estate did quickly find that what was his alibi very well may not have been true. Well, I just looked it up and Bangor to PEI is 40 minutes. A lot can happen in 40 minutes. True, but I, I, I think like his alibi was he was in Charlottetown all day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it'd have, I would assume that they would they'd have to talk to somebody who had seen him versus like i was out all day like you need more than that for an alibi so they'd have to make contact with the people and i think the big thing that made police believe that Anne was missing of her own accord is that the neighbors had reported seeing her get into a strange car and leave on the day she went missing and for this reason, the police very firmly believe that she was missing and she was missing willingly because somebody saw her leaving alive and well and not leave with Kenny. She was with someone else. But again, with a little digging, the Fifth Estate was able to discover that, in fact, those neighbors hadn't seen a car at all. One of them was at work all day and the other one had passed along this story but had, in fact, been told this by Kenny and she just gave the information like she had actually witnessed it. So this led the police to believe that she had left alive and well. Does Kenny have any affiliation with the police at this point? None that comes out, but after he died, people came forward with a couple of pretty troubling stories. A family friend said that before her disappearance, Anne had confided in him that she'd found out that Kenny was making advances towards their daughter and she'd vowed never to leave her daughter alone with him again according to this family friend shortly after she had talked to him about this she went missing yeah i mean he's guilty (laughs) and another family friend came forward saying that he'd seen kenny with a shovel in a swamp late one night around the time she disappeared he thought it really odd and I can't remember what time, but it was like the middle of the night 
when we saw this. He didn't stop that night, and it's something that in the Fifth Estate interview he says he very much regrets. But both these family friends stated that the reason they didn't say anything is that they were afraid of Kenny. When he was drunk, he was violent, and people were afraid. And the first family friend, I believe, said that when asked why he hadn't come forward earlier, he said, well, Kenny had a big gun, enough said. So clearly, people didn't feel comfortable talking about these things. Wow. I mean, yeah, if you see somebody messing around in a swamp, you don't assume initially, immediately, like, oh, they're disposing of a person. You just see it as being suspicious, and you sort of shake your head and keep going. Maybe not even suspicious, but odd. Odd, yeah. Why is that person in a swamp at 2 a.m.? That's weird behavior. Like, I'd ask, but... But the thing is, as well... Let's say you see that and then find out a month, a week, a day later that their spouse has gone missing. Then go to the police. The biggest red flag in the world just went up, right? But at the same time, you can't fault people for being scared for their lives either. Yeah, that's fair. After the Fifth Estate episode, the investigation seemed to take a fresh start. But unfortunately, it gave us no answers. In a November 2009 CBC article, the RCMP state that, for a long time, Anne was believed to have just driven away from her life, but that even though she's still considered missing, at this point, they now believe she's deceased. Well, when he's gone, I'm sure she would have learned of his, of his suicide, and she probably would have come back or something if she'd actually left. The, yeah. the reason that you left is now gone. There's no reason to stay away. But I suppose in... in like to play the devil's advocate on that this was 10 years after the fact maybe she has a new family who doesn't know about her past there could be reasons not to come forward but i i think given everything that we now know about the case i mean there's no body you can't say for sure 100 percent. but the police do believe that that she is deceased she's still considered missing because there's no body but i mean given all the evidence i think it is pretty strongly pointing in that direction. This article in November 2009 went as far as naming Kenny a suspect in her disappearance. But then there was another article that came out a month later and it corrected the statement and went on to say that he was a person of interest, not a suspect. Hmm. I guess he can only be a suspect if there's direct evidence against. At this point, the RCMP have tried to locate her remains But their efforts have proven fruitless so far. Nothing's been found. Actually, I shouldn't say nothing. Near the Gregory house, there are five hectares of swampland. The police used dogs and ground-penetrating radar to try and find her remains, but they had no luck. Anne's family actually believes that her remains are in a property in the Morel area, but they don't give any details as to why they believe this. Now, this was in a CBC article. But that CBC article came out in 2009. So after watching the Fifth Estate episode, I believe what they're saying is that they believe her remains are in that swamp where the family friend had seen him. And is that the same property? No. Okay. The Guardian reported in 2017 that back in 2010, there were some clothes that were unearthed on an undisclosed property and that the family was certain that these were Anne's clothes. They were tested for DNA, but unfortunately none was found. Piecing together what I've read through various articles, what happened, I think, I don't know this for a fact, and I I can't, I need to stress that, but piecing it together, I believe whatever, wherever that property is, 
where the family believed she was. For some reason, the police couldn't search it. And her sister actually, acting on information she was given at some point, went out with a shovel and just started digging. And she found the clothing. Wow. According to another 2009 CBC article, her sister doesn't want to leave Anne in an unmarked grave. She would love to lay her sister to rest beside her parents and give her a proper burial. And through the articles that I, I read, or through the various articles that I found, her family is really saying that they're no longer interested in laying blame on anyone. They really want to find their sister, their mother or their friend, and just lay her to rest. Well, at this point, the blame game is not, you know, it's obviously not a priority for them. If And it's that thing we talked about the last episode. It's just the, the unknown, like just not knowing is, and just wanting answers is more important than, than putting the blame on people, I guess. And I think they just want a place where they can visit her and talk to her and whatever it is that they need to do to yeah. sort of feel like they're, they have a connection. But right now they don't have that. Yeah. Anne's father passed away, and in a 2010 National Post article, um, they were saying he apparently left a letter behind for his other daughter, asking her not to let the search for her sister destroy her life, but also to never stop looking, which I think is pretty much the best you can hope for until she's found, because I can see how something like that would become all-consuming and how it could easily destroy your life or stop your life from moving forward yeah i think that's that is pretty good advice i'd say because yeah. you at the same time you never want to give up but you can't sort of just let it take over right like keep looking but you also have to live your own life so don't let it get in the way of that i don't know how easy it would be to follow that advice but i think it is good advice in 2010, the former Gregory home was actually dismantled and the basement was excavated. This wasn't actually done on a tip or anything like that, but the house had fallen into disrepair and since it needed to be torn down anyway, they were given permission to search it. And I think at that point, since it was being done, they decided to just not take their chances because had they gotten information after, everything was gone. But no evidence was uncovered. The police feel like they've now followed every lead available. Unless new evidence or information comes to light, they've nowhere to go from here. Kenny was never officially named a suspect, but just a person of interest. Like the family says, at this point, it's not about laying blame on anyone, but about bringing Anne home to rest in peace with her parents. Her family, her friends, and her children all deserve answers. Justice might not ever be served in this case, but Anne Gregory deserves to be found and deserves a proper burial. If you have any information on the case, please contact the RCMP. I feel like my next case I need to do something... <laughs> a little lighter? <laughs> well, once I finish our whole Cross Canada tour, because I've done like crime, 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 but I've done crime for every single episode so far, yeah. but it is I do want to cover some... Some mysteries, some unknown things, some things that are not so violent. But I was actually just thinking that maybe I should cover a case that's actually been solved. I feel like it's more important to talk about the ones that aren't. Well, I mean, you're bringing attention to the fact that these things are still under investigation, technically. True. And if I'm not mistaken, no, like if the case isn't solved, the case is never closed. 
Yeah, they close like small crimes and stuff. They don't, I don't think they close things like this. I don't think they do either. So basically it would still be an open case. It's just, it's probably not going to get um, time or attention unless a new tip comes in. Yeah. Because they feel like they've gone through the file with a fine tooth comb and there's nothing left to find there. So they need something new to move forward. We usually end each episode with a moment of kindness, but a lot has been happening in the world in 2020. There's been the pandemic, there's been mass shootings, police brutality towards minorities, racism, and all it's been a brutal year. Even though I think it's important to stay focused on moments of kindness and the good things that are happening around us, that doesn't mean that we should turn a blind eye on injustice or ignore the bad things that are happening. We stand behind the Black Lives Matter movement. We believe that everyone has a right to live their lives in a fair, safe environment and that human rights should apply to all humans regardless of their race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or beliefs. I hope everyone is staying safe out there and I hope that 2020 is a year that, if nothing else, opens up our eyes to problems that are happening in the world and that it leads to change. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.